Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Seriously, though, this is a very important message. If you are seeing what's happening in the world around you, there's so much chaos, there's so much division, there's so many people just lashing out at one another and hurting and offended and all of that happening in the world. So we really have to be different, right? We are the temple of God. We are the house of God. And everywhere we go, we have to be different than the world around us. So we have to show them a love that goes beyond the human issues, a love that goes beyond being offended if someone's different from you or has a different opinion. We have to show them a love that is directly from our Heavenly Father. And God is speaking loud and clear to his people about how to love like he does. And so like Meg said, so that the world will see the real Jesus, not who they heard about in Sunday school, not where they saw Christians being mad at each other, offended with people, but the real Jesus. And if we want to show them the real Jesus, we have to know who he really is, right? It's harvest time, and we're the ones that get to show the world God's heart. And his glory is coming, and it is possible to receive his glory and receive his goodness so that we can give that out to the world. So the pressure's not all on you. God wants you to receive something today, so let's pray. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, your word. You, you send forth your word and you plant it in our hearts, Lord, and you said it always bears fruit everywhere you send it. And so I'm trusting you, Lord, and trusting your word that you will bear fruit in our hearts today. Lord, you want to pour something into us before we pour out, Lord. You want to pour something into us today. So I am believing you, Father, for an encounter with you for every single person that is listening, watching, and here today. Encounter with you. That's very personal so that we can show the world around us who you really are. So I thank you ahead of time, Father, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. My first experience with hearing God's voice happened before I even knew the Lord. Like maybe you think, oh, you have to know Jesus, or you have to be in ministry or something to hear God's voice. But before I even really knew the Lord, I heard his voice. And I'm going to tell you that story real quick. I grew up in church. I grew up in a denominational church, went to church twice every Sunday, uh, did all the Christian school stuff. I knew a lot about God, but I did not know him. I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. And I didn't even know this at the time. But a lot of you um, have heard my testimony about how at 19 years old, I was kidnapped and thrown in the trunk of a car and I was attacked. And the story's on YouTube. If you haven't heard it, you can just search Emily Klotz forgiveness and it should pull up. But um, while I was in the trunk of that car, and it's pitch black and I'm scared, it's the group, my hugest, biggest fear. I never thought this would happen to me. Couldn't even believe it was happening. 
felt around in the trunk of the car, found handcuffs, duct tape, and a screwdriver. My immediate thought was, I'm gonna be killed. I thought for sure I was gonna be killed that night. In the moment that I thought I'm gonna die, I prayed, God, I'm ready, that's my time. But in the back of my head, I had all these regrets like, haven't had children, I haven't been married, haven't had children yet. In that same moment, my, they, they say your life flashes before you. It did, but not in the way that you think. My life flashed before me and I saw how, I saw how selfish I had been, how self-righteous I had been, and I saw the real meaning of life, my real purpose, everybody's real purpose. In one moment, it came crystal clear to me. It was like God speaking into my spirit directly. It was, he said, love God, love people. That's it. Sounds so simple, but it is so powerful. Love God, love people is everybody's purpose in life. If you've been searching for the meaning of life, there it is. So it was so powerful to me and it became, it was so clear that I said to God in my heart, if I survive this, I want to live that way. I want you to help me live that way. So fast forward a month later. Obviously, I survived. <laughs> I gave my heart to Jesus. I gave my life to him. I said, Jesus, I want to serve you with my life. I give you my heart. Take control. And at, the, at that moment, it was the least I could do because he literally had saved my life. So I gave my life back to him. And I didn't realize it at that time that I was born again. God was holding me to my promise. He was teaching me the biggest way to love God is to trust him with your life and your heart and to receive his love for you and go like, Lord, I trust you to take control of my life. That's the biggest way. And I'm still learning to trust him more and more. All of 2020 was a study in learning how to trust God deeper with my life, with my family, my children, everything coming at us, right? It was learning to really trust him and trust his love for us. So anyways, after, shortly after I gave my heart to the Lord, I was praying and I saw this vision of Jesus on the cross and he was saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those who are killing him, about those who are killing him, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And I knew God was challenging me to forgive my attacker that same way. So I prayed out loud, and I said, God, I just choose to forgive this person. And immediately, bitterness, anger just melted away. I didn't see him the same way anymore. As an attacker, I saw him as a broken human being. And God gave me a gift of compassion for him. Once I forgave him, God gave me this gift of compassion and I started to pray for his salvation. Like I, I wanted to. Before I forgave him, I didn't want to, right? But I asked God to help me forgive so I could forgive with God's forgiveness. And then I started praying for his salvation. And if you want to know the whole story, you can watch that YouTube video. There's a lot of powerful things in there, and it's just a short video. But um, God was teaching me at that moment so he taught me how to love God, trust him with my life. 
love people, one of the first ways to love people is to forgive them. Forgive them. And that's my first point. Number one, forgive them. To forgive someone, especially if they don't deserve it, that is loving them with God's love. Right? Because we have been forgiven. That's the whole reason Jesus came to the earth. He went to the cross to forgive the world, forgive you and me who didn't deserve it. When we didn't deserve it. Matthew 5, 44 through 45 says this. Jesus is talking. He said, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So you see how we get to show people God's kind of love, the Father's love. We look like our Father when we forgive and we do good to people who hurt us. That principle of loving people by forgiving them is so important in this season. Like I talked about at the beginning, about just so much division and bitterness and offenses and uh, lashing out at people is happening in the world, but it's happening in the church too. I haven't seen it in this church, but in, in God's church, in the body of Christ, this should not be happening we have got to live with the Father's love and his forgiveness. We can't be offended like people who don't know the Lord, right? So the way that we fight back against that is by loving more and forgiving more. <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to have plenty of opportunities in the coming days as well. But I'm going to come back to that verse in just a minute. I want to tell you a story in Matthew 9 about this lame man who was brought to Jesus for healing. He was desperate for healing. His friends brought him on a cot because he couldn't walk. And they couldn't get through the crowd because the crowd was so thick in the house that Jesus was in. And so they climbed up on the roof and they lowered this man through the roof right in front of Jesus. And what did Jesus say as this man is lowered right in front of him through the ceiling? <laughs> First thing Jesus says to him, son, your sins are forgiven. Everybody looked at Jesus and they were like, really? Like, obviously, he needs healing. He doesn't need forgiveness. He needs healing. And who are you anyway to say that he can be forgiven? To say, you know, only God can do that. Well, when Jesus said that, he was speaking to the real need inside of that man. He knew that his heart needed forgiveness even more than his body needed healing. He needed healing for his soul because probably what happened was he needed this healing and forgiveness. There was something broken in his soul that had caused sickness in his body. So Jesus was speaking to the real need. This man was tormented by his strongholds. It had led to his illness. And that's the kind of love that we have to have for people. That we see their need and we speak to that need. And we point them to Jesus where all needs are met and all the needs are filled. And then Jesus went on to heal the man's body because he doesn't do anything halfway. The Bible says, He's always faithful to complete the good work that he started in us. 
So God was showing me to love people the way that he does by meeting their needs. And that's my second point if you're taking notes. Meeting, meet their needs. First, the spiritual need, that that inner need for forgiveness and healing of the heart, because these are things that last forever. And that's why Jesus started with that. Son, your sins are forgiven. Like, you're welcome in, in my family. I don't charge your sins against you. I'm forgiving you. Then their natural needs, the outward needs for healing of bodies, provision for something that they might lack, like food or clothing or shelter, even relationships. These things are all things that are temporary. They're all things that we only need on the earth, but they're necessary. We can meet people's needs in that way too. Like the Salvation Army does a really awesome job of serving people that way and loving people that way. They're a beautiful part of the body of Christ. We all get to be that way for, towards people. So meeting someone's natural human needs actually proves your authority as God's child. Jesus said that healing this man's body was going to prove that he also could forgive him. I'll read it to you. Matthew 9, 5 and 6. Jesus is saying to the crowd, So I'll prove to you the Son of Man does have authority on earth to forgive sins, to heal the soul on the inside. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately the man was healed. He was healed. So Jesus healed the man's body, which is a temporary need, right? To prove that he has authority to heal and forgive a soul. We can do that too. We need to be so fully convinced that there is no lack of any kind of need in our Father's kingdom. That we, when we have a desperate person in front of us, and if you have not had a desperate person in front of you, get ready because you're about to. Meg prayed it. She said, Lord, send us somebody that needs you, needs help. But when you have a desperate person in front of you, like that lame man in front of Jesus, you have to be so fully convinced that your Father in heaven loves them so much he wants to meet their need. Whether it is a physical need of any kind or it is a spiritual inward need for forgiveness, for healing of their soul. Every need is supplied in his kingdom and you are the carrier of the spirit of the Father. You get to meet their needs. You get to pull from heaven and give them what they have need of. If you're able to physically meet their need, like groceries or shelter, or gas for their car, you're going to do that too because God is about to supply great abundance to the body of Christ so that we can do these things for people. It's all for the building of his kingdom. That's a- another way to love him. We're coming back to that Acts church season where if anyone has a lack, someone who has more is going to share and provide their needs. The ones with plenty will share with those who have a need. Selfishness isn't a thing when we have the love of God flowing through us. It's not a thing. And that's the kind of love that's different from the world's love. So let me come back to Matthew 5 again. And we're going to read a, little, a couple more verses, 43 through 48. So Jesus started out saying, you've heard the law in the Old Testament, says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, 
a higher standard. I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight and his blessings and his goodness to both the evil and the good. He sends rain, like provision, on the just and the unjust alike. People who don't deserve it. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans or unbelievers do that, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be like your Father in heaven. Now that word perfect in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean sinless. There's no way we can be sinless like our Father in heaven. It means complete. It means you're to be well-rounded, not one-sided, not to just love your friends or those who are good to you, but you're to be complete and and well-rounded like your Father in heaven. Love them with a Father's love because he loves even those who hate him. That's how he brings them into the kingdom, right? His loving kindness brings people to repentance. That's how a huge harvest is about to come into the, the body of Christ. When we love them with the Father's love. That's my third point, love them with the Father's love. This is the most important point in loving people. Dan talked about it in the first week. Rich talked about it in the second week. We cannot love with human love. Human love is so fickle. Human love is selfish. Human love always wants to get something out of it. If you give it, you have to give something back to me. But we have to have the love of the Father in our heart for ourselves before we can attempt to give that love to somebody else. We can't give something we don't have or don't even know that we have, right? 1 John 4, 18 says, we love because he loved us first. So there's no way to really actually love anyone unless we have his love. He loved us first. Even Jesus didn't try to love people with his own love, but with the love of the Father. He said in John 15, I think we have it here, 9 through 13, he said, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. Like, I took the Father's love, and then I loved you with that. That's what he's saying. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you those, these things so you will be filled with my joy. See, like his love is going to lead to joy. You need some joy, you need the Father's love. Yes, your joy will overflow. Like you won't be able to contain what he's pouring into you. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love, here it is, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So look at when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. That's not a works thing. Let me just show you what that means. Obeying the commandments of Jesus keeps us in his love because it's this picture. It's like a little child holding their dad's hand in a crowd of people. 
And he says, don't, don't get away from me. Don't let go of my hand. You stay right next to me. That child, when, when he or she's obedient, she keeps hold, or she, he or she keeps hold of the father's hand and doesn't stray away and doesn't run off into the crowd, but stays in that place where he or she's protected. That's where we, we're protected, you guys. That's why it's his love. Obeying his commandments, you stay in his love because you're obe- obediently staying close to him, saying, oh, this is where I'm safe. This is where I'm protected. so good. So here's how Jesus loves us, that that last verse there. This is how he's asking us to love other people. No greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Obviously, that doesn't mean go to a cross or like literally, you know, die for someone else because Jesus did that so that we don't have to, right? It means do the unselfish thing. It means do the uncomfortable thing. Meet their needs even if it's not convenient for you. Lay down your own desires to be helpful to somebody else and bring healing to someone else. So let's find out what God's love is like because we do have to be filled up first with his love for ourselves and then we can give that to other people. His love is talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. This is a... Scripture that a lot of weddings talk about, a lot of people put this on their wall, you know, to talk about marriage. That's great, but I think we have it backwards, and I'm going to show you why. Because this is actually talking about God's love. It's not talking about humans loving each other first. It's talking about God's love. Verse 4 through 7, God's love is patient and kind toward you. His love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't, he doesn't demand his own way. He's not irritable toward you. He keeps no record of being wronged. His love doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. His love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That is amazing. That's amazing grace right there, right? So I think too many times we put expectations on ourselves or we put expectations on our spouse or a friend to love us like that or for ourselves to love somebody else that way. And we always fail because it's not human love. We always fall short because that's God's love that this is talking about. So that's how we've had it backwards. We're trying to love people like 1 Corinthians 13, or we're trying to get people to love us like that when we're empty of that kind of love from God. We're empty of it. We're trying so hard to love people the way I'm supposed to love them, and we're constantly falling and failing and feel like a failure because we don't have it in us to give. Does that make sense? We should spend a lot more time and effort discovering the Father's love for ourselves. That's one thing it's okay to be selfish about. I have people sitting in my office every single week, and we talk about this. When they get some freedom, we say, now's the season where you get to be selfish about your relationship with God. Receive his love for yourself 
before you can try to live in your, this freedom that he's giving you. When you're full of God's kind of love, then your marriages and relationships are automatically going to overflow with his kind of love, his forgiveness, his kindness, his grace, his mercy. To try to do that stuff before you have his love, it's impossible. But when he pours his love in, then you can pour it out. And it doesn't, it's not a work because it's automatic. Yeah, it just overflows. So that leads me to, you can't talk about love people without talking about love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> love people includes love yourself because you're a people, right? So you have to love yourself. The Bible says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Dan talks about this a lot. Like, you can't, literally cannot just love God and love people. You're a people. You have to love yourself. When you're full of God's love for you, who's the first person that's going to benefit from that? Shout it out. From you pouring out love to somebody in front of you, who's going to benefit first? Say that again. Somebody said spouse, but there's somebody else that gets it first. Yes, yeah, self, yourself. Awesome. <laughs> yourself. Because look at uh, the Father's pouring his love into your heart, okay? Let's look at it like a, like a well being filled up or a fountain starting to flow. He poured something into you. You want to pour that out to somebody, maybe your family, your spouse. You want to pour that out. Well, that fountain coming up on the inside of you is going to bless you first. The, lo the love of the Father should benefit you first. You get the benefits of his love as you're pouring it out. Romans 5.5. 5. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. He pours love into you. Then you look for somebody to pour that out. And when you're pouring it out, you feel it first. You feel it first. It cleans out your soul. It cleans out your mind on the inside as that love is flowing out to other people around you. As that mercy or forgiveness is flowing out to somebody, you get the benefits first. You can't actually pour out love to a person outside of you without you receiving a dose of it first, right? It's like a fountain, like I said. You get the first of it. I remember the first time I really experienced the Father's love. I was really hurting about something. I don't even remember what it was. Years ago, when we were first um, in ministry, I pictured myself like this small child, and I climbed up on the father's lap, and I just let him hold me, and I just wept because he wasn't scary. He didn't turn me away. He didn't have expectations for me. He just held me, and I was safe, and I was secure, and it made me feel strong, Strong and secure and bold and brave and confident. And I felt like I can, I can love people who even hurt me. In this place where I am strong and secure, I feel confident. No fear of rejection in that place. 
I want to tell you that this year, Meg touched on it a little bit, but this year is going to be marked by encounters with the Father like that, where it changes you forever because you find out who he really is and how much he really loves you. You find out how strong he really is and that his strength and power are for you. Not opposing you or punishing you, but his strength and power are for you and for your protection. And you're going to want to give more of what you receive from him. So I am believing that that's going to start today as we're in agreement about this message together. We're going to encounter the Father so that we have that kind of love to give to that desperate person who's going to come to your path. There is going to be somebody very soon that comes into your life or you're walking into a place in the, in the uh, grocery store or something. Somebody's desperate. I just want to give this word of knowledge because as I was preparing this message, this is something that came to me at this point in the message. Some of you have been struggling in your marriage and you've been trying so hard to make your spouse happy, to love your spouse the way that they need to, need you to. But you've got all this guilt and shame and even bitterness toward yourself and self-hatred because, and it's impossible to love them because you don't have love in you. You don't know what the Father's love is for you. So you constantly feel like that failure. But today the Father wants to pour his love into you. It's gonna just clear out that self-hatred and that shame and that guilt. It's gonna push it out. He wants to show you his love for you and that's gonna begin to restore your marriage. So loving people, it's not a work or a duty or a chore. It's receiving love for yourself. And nothing can ever separate you from God's love. You're gonna automatically overflow you don't have to make it happen. That kind of love Dan talked about in the first week is what our entire life is measured by. I watched this cool documentary recently, and this lady, she, um, she had actually died and went to heaven and came back to life to tell her testimony about it. I've heard many, many of these kind of stories. Um, so she, while in heaven, she saw this review of her life and she thought, oh no, God's going to judge me for all the bad things I've done because she was a partier. She, didn't, she lived very selfishly at the time in her life, but he did not judge her or focus on her sins. What he showed her was times that she loved people with real love, times that she, as a child, wanted to know God and had this pure little heart. And as a teen, she visited her grandma in the retirement home. She gave something to somebody in need. Those are the moments that have meaning. They're, they could be very small and simple and nobody sees them but God. But very meaningful and very important. So my last point, I'm gonna finish here. Loving people means that we fight for their freedom. Because once we're filled with a father's love, we will not be able to help loving them with that kind of love. And we will want to put it into action. Every time that Jesus was moved with compassion and love, he acted on it. He did something about it. He healed people. He even raised the dead because of that, how powerful that love and compassion is. 
inside you. That is a force in you that makes you want to love people with his love. Do you know what the opposite of love is? Tell me what, just shout it out. Oh, you would think it was hate, but it's not hate. Hatred comes from this thing, but the opposite of love is something different. The opposite of love is actually fear. The Bible says perfect love drives out fear. Because we've seen it in the world, talked about it at the beginning, all the effects of fear. And in fact, the enemy has shown us all his weapons in this past year, hasn't he? The main weapon he uses is fear. The spirit of fear has a lot of faces, but fear leads to control and manipulation, intimidation, lies, bitterness, hatred. The world is blinded right now by fear. And it's not just our nation, it's all over the world. Blinded by fear. The spirit of fear is just raging. But this is the good news because the enemy showed us all his tactics. And we're not bound by fear. We are not bound by the enemy or all of his tactics. Now we know whenever something happens to cause fear, we have to rise up and love instead. Love boldly to have victory over fear. Fear has no power when you choose to love and you can choose because the Father is constantly pouring his love into your heart and you can't help but overflow with it. People get set free from fear when we love them with God's love like we've been talking about all morning. Remember this, fear only comes to stop you or shut you up from saying something or doing something that is going to be powerful for God and for his kingdom. Therefore, what do you have to do when fear rises up and comes against you and tells you, you better not say that, or nope, you better not do that, you better not go there. What do you have to do? <laughs> do it afraid because you're doing it in love. You're doing it in, out of love instead and pushing out fear for people. Fear is just threatened by your boldness. So speak God's truth in love. Gather with believers in love. Praise Jesus in love. Stay focused on that kingdom of love and mercy that we live in, not fear. Fear keeps you bound, keeps you locked up and silent and separated from people. But love keeps you free and uninhibited, fully confident in the Lord. And you want to take action. You have a power in you. That's what his love is. It's a power in you that wants to take action and boldly because when you feel loved, it's so natural and easy to love people around you, right? Fear breeds more fear, but love breeds more love. <laughs> so we can help drive out fear by loving people with God's love. And that's, in that way, we are going to overcome the enemy. We are going to overcome strongholds that people have never been able to overcome in their life, you guys. Addictions are overcome by the love of God flowing through you and me. 
You have that kind of power in you. Strongholds are broken by the love of the Father flowing out of you. He's pouring that in to break your strongholds so that you can pour it out and break other people's strongholds. Amen. We have to be different. We don't give in to the strongholds or shrink back or run away. We stand up and we love boldly with confidence. So his love is powerful in you. Recently, God gave me Nehemiah 4 in the middle of the night. And he said, verse 14, especially for this year. And I'm going to read it right now. Because here's how you're going to love the family of God. You're going to love people who aren't yet in the family of God. But you're going to love them in. This is what was happening. All these enemies are coming against Nehemiah, trying to build the wall. This is a picture of building God's kingdom. He's trying to build the wall of Jerusalem and protect God's people. And all these enemies are coming and saying, we're going to stop what you're doing. We're going to make you, we're going to force you to stop building. Well, Nehemiah said, then as I looked over this situation, I called together the leaders, the nobles, and the rest of the people, all the people, and I said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. Rise up and fight with the love of the Father. Fight for people's freedom. You guys, we have such a privilege and an honor to fight for other people's freedom by loving them with the Father's love. Somebody watching you or listening or here today, you're bound by a lot of fear and anxiety and a lot of guilt. And the answer is let the Father love you. Because fear and anxiety, you're putting all of these expectations, heavy expectations and responsibilities on yourself, like my life and my family and uh, everything is all on me. That's what you feel. It's all on me. You've got all this anxiety because you can't love everyone perfectly. You can't take care of everybody perfectly. You've got all this guilt because you're, you know that you can't. But God's love is going to set you free to love without guilt. It's okay to be human. It's okay to be messed up sometimes. But the love of the Father is what pushes all that out and causes you to love freely. So that's what you're going to get some freedom today. So I'm going to end here, but I, I want to pray. I want to pray for us be filled up with that kind of power. The love of the Father is the most powerful force in the entire universe. He said in Ephesians 3 that he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine according to the power that works in you. That's his love working in you. So Father, thank you for this great power towards your people your love that's already been poured into us by your Holy Spirit, but we have not known it or acknowledged it, Lord. It's been covered up by so many strongholds and hurts and offenses 
self-hatred and bitterness, Lord, and shame. Your love has been covered up and pushed down, Lord, and we haven't even known, maybe all our lives we didn't know, that we have this power in us. Your love for us, filling us to overflowing, Lord, so we cannot even help but love the people around us and set them free and give them healing and meet their needs and forgive them, Lord, and show them who you are, Father. We want to look just like you. We are children of our Father who loves. So, Lord, let us encounter you today. Change us, Lord, with your love from the inside out. Change our marriages and our families, our relationships, Lord. Our ministries, our businesses and jobs change us because of encountering you and finding out who you really are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.